Okay, we're, we're currently um, in a three-part series looking at some verses in um, 1 John chapter 2. Um, last week, Rebecca looked at verses 7 to 11, a passage that really encourages us to love one another. And it contrasts that against, and it uses some strong language against hate. You know, love is light, hate is darkness. And you can, if you missed that last week, you can listen to that on the church website. Um, Next week, Chris Nicholson is looking at verses 15 to 17. That also speaks about love. Um, But it contrasts loving God the Father with loving the world. And... Chris will explain which is the best one of those to do. Right. <laughs> um, this week, the passage, the passage this week, which is sandwiched between those, those two, is, is a little bit different. Um, but essentially, it talks about us maturing as Christians. And, and really, I was looking for a title for, for this sermon. And very simply, I just called it Be Encouraged. And already, as some of the prophetic things that have come out today, um, which tie tie in nicely with what some of the things I'm going to say. You think it's very encouraging, isn't it, to hear to hear stuff, you know, that, to, to understand that we are forgiven. That's encouraging. You know, it's an obvious statement, but hugely impacting on our lives. And we're going to look at some of that in just a moment. And 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 John John in this passage we're going to look at, um, he encourages us by reminding us of what God has done for us already. And so we should live out what we are and and who we are in Christ. What I'm going to do, I'm going to read the passage, and I'm going to read from uh, the New Living Translation. Many people here I know use the New International Version. I've, I, I also use the New International Version. But I think the, the, the New Living Translation, um, it, it, which is a very readable, modern translation of the Bible, actually really uh, communicates this passage very well. So I'm going to read from the NLT. So if you're following from a Bible that's not the same translation, you will see some subtle differences. The overall meaning is is the same, but the translation is slightly different. So let me read uh, 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 to 14 from the New Living Translation. John says, I'm writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. I have written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. I have written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I have written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's word lives in your hearts and you have won the battle with the evil one. Now, I don't know what it, how it's presented in your Bible, if you've got your Bible open, but in mine, th- this particular passage is set out like poetry. It's set out in a certain way. Um, and uh, as I looked at this passage and, and as I read around this, it's written in a in a, a type of writing called parallelism. Now, this you may be a bit bored with this, but I think th- th- this would just help you understand how this how this is presented. Parallelism provides 
phrases with a sort of symmetry, a, a symmetry that creates rhythm and repetition. Often songs are written like this, right? Poems, po poems are. So one example that, um, that came to mind was the wonderful Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. <coughs> I'm just going to sing that. No, I'm not going to sing to you. <laughs> no, I ain't going to sing about you'll all leave. Um, but let me, I'll, I will read a couple of sentences. I was tempted to sing, but I really won't. Um, um, no, I'm not going to shut up. <laughs> um, because it, it just gives an illustration of how this, how this is written, because we've just seen two sort of parallel phrases very similar to one another with subtle differences. What a wonderful world. You know the song I mean. I see trees of green, red roses too. Yeah. I see them bloom for me and for you. And I think to myself, <laughs> what a wonderful world. So, and so that's, the that's the first verse of that song. And then it goes on. So he says, I see trees of, trees of green and somebody's put it on, for goodness sake. <laughs> And, and then the next verse says, I see skies of blue and clouds of white. And it goes on, and, it, and it, I hear babies cry, I watch them grow. They, can you see, but there's a, there's a rhythm, there's a pattern to that song. I didn't want to spend ages on Louis Armstrong when we're looking at the Bible, right? Um, and, and this, but this passage has loads of similarities. It, it is a poem, if you like, or a song, um, which makes it much more memorable to remember. And as you look through it, you can see those parallel phrases that are used, um, which hopefully will impact us. You know, so it encourages and certainly encourages us as believers. And, and it highlights three different groups. Um, initially, you look at three different groups. It's written to God's children and also to those who are mature in the faith and those who are young in the faith. Now, actually, what that means is that's all of us. <laughs> That's all of us. We're all God's children. Some are more mature in the faith and some are younger in the faith. But these words are applied and written and addressed to each and every one of us who are Christians. So first of all, over those two sort of verses um, which parallel each other, he speaks, John writes to God's children. He addresses God's children. And he encourages those Christians that he's writing to here, and therefore us, as, it's, as this is scripture, by reminding them, and we've heard it so eloquently prophesied today, your sins are forgiven. So 1 John 2 verse 12, right at the beginning, he says, I'm writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. Simple words, massive, massive truth, huge impact on our lives, isn't it? Your sins have been forgiven. I love that. I love that. Right? Jesus came to this earth so that we could have forgiveness. That through Jesus, our sins have been forgiven. We're no longer chained to our past wrongdoing. And yet so many of us live like we are. Don't we? It's there in our head and we feel the shame of it sometimes and the guilt of it. You think, no, you're forgiven. And like we said, we, we, we heard that prophesied. Jesus came so we could have forgiveness. Wonderful. We are completely forgiven. Right? In the first 
um, the first chapter of 1 John, there's some, some well-known words. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful. This is talking about God. God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us or purify us from all wickedness. If you confess your sins to God, he says he will forgive you and he will wipe you clean. You're pure. That's wonderful, isn't it? And this, just in this little song or this little poem here, John is just reminding his readers, his hearers, listen, if you're a Christian, you're forgiven. Don't let the past accuse you. Don't let your past misdemeanors and wrongdoings chain you down so you can't really function today because Jesus says you're forgiven. And through Jesus, you're forgiven. If you're a Christian here today, if you have surrendered to Jesus as your saviour, then your sins are completely wiped clean. The slate is clean. There's no, there should be no guilt associated. And your salvation wasn't earned by anything you've done. You couldn't earn that by outweighing your bad with your good stuff. It doesn't work like that, does it? Right? It was freely given to you by the grace of God through faith in Jesus and what he has done on the cross. When he took the punishment we deserved. We heard that prophesied as well today, didn't we? Where he suffered and died in our place so that we could be forgiven. Am I laboring this too much? We need to hear it, don't we? Right. Paul writes, the Apostle Paul writes to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 2. This is from the NIV. Um, it says, for it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. It is totally from him. We can't do it. We can't say, look how good I am and look what I did to make myself good. But he did it for us, forgiven and clean and free from guilt. Hallelujah. What an encouragement. I hope you're, I hope you're encouraged. I entitled this, Be Encouraged. Be encouraged by this truth, right? We didn't do anything to earn it, but we can receive it. Wonderful stuff. And he hasn't finished there, has he? He doesn't just leave it there. We, the, the apostle Paul wrote to the church in, in Philippi, he says... He, talking of God, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He started it there, but he's continuing to work in us and he's continuing to change us and he's continuing to move us one, from one degree of glory to the next and to the next all the way to heaven. Ain't he good? You can sort of get a little bit enthusiastic. I know, I know there's a good number of English, British people in here, but I know there's, there's people from other backgrounds and other cultures who tend to be a bit more uh, enthusiastic and open in their, in their uh, adoration of him. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so God continues to keep us and he continues to work in us, continually, continually transforming those who have received Christ's forgiveness. So we should be encouraged that our sins have been forgiven. Amen? And we should be encouraged as well that we can know the Father. 1 John 2, 14, we've just read it. I have written to you 
who are God's children because you know the Father. <laughs> think about that as well. These are so familiar, these little phrases. Yeah, I'm forgiven. Yeah, I know God. You think, hold on, I know God. I, I know the one who spoke and stars appeared in space. I know the one who is the beginning and the end of all things. I, I know him. I don't know about him. I know him. You're in a loving relationship with the, with the supreme authority over every mortal thing, everything in the universe, every imaginable part of creation. And you can speak with him. You can know the Father. And he loves you. He loves us. And, we, and we, we have all the privileges that come with being in a relationship with the creator of all things. You're, you're a co-heir with Jesus. You share his inheritance. <laughs> it's just mind-blowing, ain't it? Right? You, share, you share his inheritance. And a, a, as your father, God will speak with you. And he will guide you. And he will lead you and he will encourage you and discipline you. He will cause his face to shine upon you. You can know the Father. Simple little lines in, in, in Scripture, aren't they? Little lines of a song or a poem or whatever it might be. Think, oh, I'm forgiven and I can know God. Don't you love it? Are you encouraged? Good, that's where we're going. <laughs> So <laughs> and John, John also, in, this little, in these two little verses you know, of this poem or whatever it is, John speaks to those who are young in the faith. Now again, this isn't exclusively for those who are young in the faith, but he, he speaks to them and he reminds them of some of the things that are true of their lives. That they should be encouraged because, well he says, you've overcome the evil one. One, the, the, the partway through 1 John 2.13, he says, I write to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. Now maybe he's referring to them being tested and tempted and they've overcome that. Um, we should certainly be encouraged when we've overcome Satan's attempts to lead us away, to lead us into sin. We should be encouraged when we have victory like that. And sometimes it's a struggle, isn't it? Sometimes it's a battle and sometimes we stumble and we fall. But you know what? We can get up again. Because we can go right back to 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. Right? We need to be reminded that we are overcomers. We are overcomers in him and through him. Reminded of our victories Right? And we can be reminded of the ultimate victory of Christ on the cross, as we've already referred to it. Strengthened to overcome God's people. Now, there are people in this room who have overcome massive things. And I know, because I've spoke to a number of you, people who have overcome addictions, walking clean from, for, for, for years, decades. And I mean, maybe, maybe you'd just like to put up your hand if that is you. If you've overcome addictions... Look, look around, guys. There's people with their hands in there. This is, this is glorious stuff. They've overcome the evil one. It's just one example. You can give them a little round of applause if you want. 
And for some, it's a constant battle, but they're winning the battle. We're overcoming the evil one. That's just one example, one illustration. There's many ways and many things where we overcome. Right, the temptations of the devil come, and as we overcome, it's evidence that God is working in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin, are we? We're slaves to righteousness now. Love it, don't you? Right? <laughs> so be encouraged in that. Right? And John, John speaks to these, these, these young believers here, if, if you like, and, and says to them not only to be encouraged because they've overcome the evil one, but be encouraged by how you overcome the evil one. And and that's that's in the second the second sort of verse of this this little poem. Be encouraged because you are strong, he says. Be encouraged because you are strong. That in in uh, verse fourteen he says, "I've written to you who are young in the faith, because you are strong." You may not feel strong. You may feel like you haven't got enough knowledge or understanding. You may feel weak and alone. But the word of God says you are strong. Where does our strength come from? Well, our strength comes from the Lord. Thank you. Do you want to come and preach this with me? Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? It comes from the Lord. Right? Paul, the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the church at Corinth in his, his second letter to the Corinthians, he recognized his own strength was nothing. And that Christ's power was the only thing that made him strong. You know the bit where he, t he refers, I'm not going to, this is another sermon itself, I'm not going to talk about it. He refers to the thorn in his flesh, right? That he's troubled, a, a messenger of Satan is tormenting him and all that stuff, right? There's a long, it's a sermon series in itself. And then he goes, then he says a little bit later on in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8, he says, I, I begged the Lord to take, to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness, Paul says, so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Because it's his strength in us. Are you encouraged? When we have tests and trials, it forces us to rely on God's grace and not on ourselves. When it's beyond us, if we have the ability to change situations, and there's, there's a massive temptation to do it, isn't there? But when it's beyond us, you, you know, wh whatever that trial or temptation may be, you think, oh no, what do you do? You turn to Jesus, don't you? You're on your knees, you say, God help me, I can't, I can't do this, please. Please turn around this family member who's gone away from God. Please provide those thousands of pounds I need. Please provide that house. That's a miracle, isn't it, around here now? But God does miracles. And even in this room, again, there's testimony after testimony of God providing housing where you think, how on earth is that going to happen? Right? Whatever it may be, when it's beyond us, when it's outside of our control, when we are weak, he would be strong. Be encouraged that the Lord provides. And he'll provide you with the strength that is necessary to overcome and to persevere and to keep going. 
Do you want to be strong in the Lord? Do you know how that strength comes to us, at least in part? Right? It comes from having God's word in us. He says that here. He says, I've written to you who are young in the faith. It's the second part of that one. Because you are strong. And then he says, God's word lives in your heart. Because you are strong, God's word lives in your heart. Listen, the Bible is available in so many, I've already referred to two different translations today. The Bible is available to us in so many formats. Most people have got it on their smartphones. If you've got a, a computer, you can have the Bible on your computer. You can listen to it being read to you. You can read it yourself in English or pretty much every language in the world if you want you can read read it in the original greek and hebrew if you are so inclined but the bible is available to us and we need to use that to make us strong the holy spirit will strengthen us as we put the bible in our hearts are you encouraged in the pivotal passage of both these sort of stanzas or verses of this little poem here john uh, says exactly the same thing to the mature Christians. Twice he says it. He says, you know Christ who existed from the beginning. That takes us right back to the very first verse of this letter, 1 John. The very, the very first verse of 1 John says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. They were living in the good of their relationship with Jesus, with him who is from the beginning. So can you see this is very simple, one-line stuff that has a massive impact on us as believers today. Read the Bible. Put the word of God in your heart. You are forgiven. You know the Father. Simple lines that have a huge impact on God's church. John chapter 15, not, not one John, the, 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 the gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 5, seven, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We've got to get close to him, haven't we? Get his word in us. Understand the purity of forgiveness. A relationship with the Father. Abiding in him. Living in him. No matter at what stage your Christian life, of your Christian life you are at, you know, whether you would say, yes, I'm mature or I'm a new believer, we're all God's children, and that's who's being addressed in this passage, be encouraged be encouraged that your sins have been forgiven, that you are in a loving relationship with the creator of all things. We don't deserve it, but we've got it. We've got his love. We've got his attention. He has given it to us by grace through, his, through faith. And be encouraged where our God has brought each of us to, to overcome the evil one. And if, and if you're struggling with that, God has put you in a church amongst a load of believers who can stand with you. Some of them will say, yeah, I know what it's like because I've been there myself. Let me pray with you. 
You know, one of the one of the the, the ultimate sanction in the Bible um, it, for 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 those who are really really persistent with their sin is to put them out of the fellowship. And yet, so many people who are just struggling with life for various reasons choose to put themselves out of the fellowship. I don't know if you've done it or you've noticed other people. Things go a little bit uh, uh, wrong and a bit haywire. And they leave. They stop coming to small gr- to, to, to connect group. They stop coming on a Sunday. You think, what are you doing? We're, we're believers. We're a body of Christ together. That's what the groups are there for. That's what connect groups are for, com- connect communities are for. That's why we gather on a Sunday. We can stand with one another. And when somebody's knees are buckling and their arms are heavy, we can stand alongside them and lift them up. So don't be tempted to remove yourself. Get in closer. And be encouraged by the truth of what it is to be a Christian. Be encouraged by where God has you right now and what he has done in you and through you and what he is going to do in you and what he's going to do through you. Right? The, the only needs... <laughs> the, this, this city of ours needs Christians who are secure in their relationship with God, who can understand this stuff and let it shape them. The area where you live, the place where you work, desperately needs you to be encouraged by the truth of this stuff. Each of us need to be like that. We need to reposition ourselves. Right? Sometimes it's not much, but a small repositioning makes a massive difference. Right? Let me, I just will briefly illustrate that, right? But Denise, come, can you quickly come up on the stage? Sorry, she didn't know I was going to do this. I d- all I want you to do, right, is I'm going to stand facing you, my feet together, stand there, and uh, just, push, just push me over. D- d- not right over, just push me. Not, uh, right? D- d- yeah, go on. See? Right? If I'm standing with my feet together, fa- square onto her, if I stand like this, I've only moved my feet a little bit. Now, now do it. <laughs> right. A small repositioning, thank you. <laughs> a small repositioning makes a massive difference. And as, as God's people in, in our part of London or wherever we find ourselves, we need to just to reassess. And maybe you've got a reposition. You know, maybe you've got a reposition. You think, yeah, no, I am forgiven. I'm clean. I don't have to, I don't have to look at my, my old self. I look at my new self in Christ. Right? I should be encouraged by that. And that can reposition our feet. Right? I've, I'm in relationship with the Father. That should help us reposition. Right? All these things. And we'll be far more effective as City Hope Church and friends as we take the good news of Jesus to others who desperately need what we've already got. And listen, if you're not a Christian in here today, if you have yet to surrender to the wonderful Jesus that we've just been celebrating and being encouraged by, Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Is today your day? Do you want to come out of darkness into his wonderful light? That's why Jesus came at Easter. That's why he shed his blood on the cross, his arms outstretched. That's why he suffered and died, so that you don't have to. So if you're not a Christian... As the, at the end of this service, can, please speak to whoever you came with or come and speak to me if you want to. But y- you could know the encouragement of all the stuff that we've been talking about today. Amen.
We've got, I'm, I'm going to pray for us generally, but then we've got a bit of time, you know, um, for people to respond to this, to this word, um, to reposition their feet, to get others to lay hands on them and pray for them. So should we, sta- should we stand together? And I'd just like to pray some of this stuff for us to start with. Lord, I want to thank you that although there's parts of your words, parts of the Bible that do seem complicated and difficult to understand, there are other parts that are simple yet profound. We are forgiven. And if we grasp the reality of that and all the implications of that, Lord, that is a powerful thing. And I pray for every one of us in here that we would have a fresh understanding of what it means to be forgiven. That I pray for every one of us in here that we'd have a fresh understanding of what it is to know the Father. Oh, Lord, to know you and all that that means. To know the Creator. To know the beginning and the end of all things. Lord, that you would stir us afresh with all of that. And Lord, you would teach us what it is to be to understand that in our weakness you are strength. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that your strength would course through us. That we would resist the evil one. That we'd have victory after victory after victory over a devil who wants to destroy us and divide us. Lord, you'd do a new thing in us as we understand the truth of that. And Lord, that, your, that strength, at least in part, comes from your word in our heart. And Lord, I pray that each of us will look again at how and when we read our Bible. Simply looking at our priorities, Lord. And that as we do, that your word will be food for us. It will sustain us and strengthen us. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for how you speak to us prophetically, how you speak to us through your, bi- through your word. And I pray that you will continue to work in power through City Hope Church. Reposition us, Lord. Reposition us that we can have a greater impact on the people around us. Reposition us that we can be more fruitful than we are, that we can see more souls one for Jesus, that we can see more bodies healed, more minds put in their right place, more demons flee, and all the rest of it. Lord, reposition us that City Hope has a huge global impact. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 